Well, good morning. Everybody take a deep breath. Basically, it's for me. Seriously, oh my goodness. So, um, you know what, let's pray. I need to pray. Oh, Father. God, you're so good to me. Thank you for this opportunity that you have given me. Please cover me in your anointing. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. Your words, your heart, your song, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we are in the Think Like Jesus series. I personally have been very challenged. Has anybody been challenged? Dude, like every week, the first one, the salt and light. Does anybody remember what those two words that were with the salt and light? Proximity and potency. Man, those two really hit home for me, the, especially the potency. Um, and then Beth talked about um, even our, Jesus said, even when we're angry at someone, it's like we're murdering them. I mean, there's just so much. It's been so good. And today, guys, is no different. It is not my words. It's not good because it's me. It's good because it's Jesus. But man, dude, buckle your seatbelts. It, we're, in for, we're in for a ride. Here we go. So this is in continuing in Matthew um, 5. We're starting at verse 38. Um, in your Bibles, it should be in red, which means it's the words of Jesus. I thought that, in case you didn't know that, that's what that is. So here we go. 38. You have heard the law says punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, this is Jesus, but I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, Give your coat, too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give the, those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Again, these are Jesus' words. Can't you just see the disciples? I wish I was one of the disciples afterward, you know, sitting around the campfire. Because I probably would have said something like, okay, <laughs> you weren't serious, right? Because sometimes he says things that are hyperbole or, or a parable. I'm like, this wasn't, you didn't really mean that, right? No, he really meant this. When, at the beginning, he said, you have heard the law says punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. He's referring back to Exodus 21, where the law, God gave the law to Moses, who then gave it to the Israelites. But this specific law was actually in um, effect even before God gave the law. It was called the Law of Retaliation. I'm not going to pronounce it right, but it's called Lex Talionis, or the Code of Habarabah, something. Anyway, what it is, 
It's the law of retaliation, and it was important. And Jesus said, early, Ken, Ken talked about it, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And this is a, a, there is a place for this, an eye for an eye. And what it was is the law of retaliation meant something like, okay, if, I, if you come and you steal my shoes, the law of retaliation says, I can't go and burn down your house. And, do you see what I'm saying? The punishment must fit the crime, and this is done in the, in the courts. And there is still a place for that. Like, if there's a crime, you need to go to the authorities and, you know, seek justice, but whatever. Okay. But Jesus says, I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the um, other cheek also. Now, I have been studying this because Ken asked me to speak on this, like, over two months ago. So I've been chewing and vacillating on this for two months. So I've been doing research on all this history, and it's really quite interesting. When Jesus said, when someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also, he is not speaking of physical abuse. I had no idea. I'll tell you this. Okay, if you are left-handed, I would like you to raise your hand. High, raise it high. Be proud, you left-handed people, you. Okay, put your hands down. There are not many of them, okay? Studies show that about 10%, one in every 10 people are left-handed. The rest of us, 90% of us are right-handed. If I am going to hit someone on the right cheek, 90% of us are going to use our right hand. How am I going to hit them on their right cheek? Backhanded. Okay. In this day and age, one of the worst insults, it was a calculated insult you could give someone, was to hit them with the back of your hand. It was basically saying, you are disgusting. You are nothing. You are the bugs that feast on the garbage. Like, it is a calculated, it was one of the worst insults. Jesus comes in and knows this and says, if somebody insults you like that, you don't retaliate. Isn't that when somebody insults you, don't you want to just, if they, go, if they tell you, you know, you can't do that, don't you want to be like, well, you can't either, do you know? Jesus is saying you don't do that. The insult, you turn the other cheek. He goes on to say, if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. Now your coat at that time was like all you had. It was your, it was your blanket, your coat. And legally, no one could take it from you. Okay, Even if you were a slave, they were not allowed to take your coat. They could take your property, they could take your children, they could take all of your money and your animals and all that other stuff, but legally no one, once the sun went down, could take your coat. Jesus steps on the scene and says, if someone sues you and takes you to court, now we don't know if this was a just suing or not. Maybe this was a lie. We, we don't know. Jesus didn't say, he just said if somebody sues you and they take your stuff, Offer them what they cannot take from you. Okay? 
Then he goes on to say, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Do you ever hear that saying, go the extra mile? Comes from Jesus. Isn't that cool? So this, see, I've done all this research and all this history. It's really interesting because I like this kind of stuff. In this day and age, the Roman soldiers had kind of like a pony express where they would take someone's donkey. No, they would borrow someone's donkey and they would ride it until it basically couldn't be ridden anymore and then they'd borrow somebody else's and keep going and you if they took your stuff you couldn't say anything about it they also and they would specifically target the jews they wouldn't carry their gear they could just snap their fingers and tell you you peon carry my stuff and you specifically the Jews, had to do it. And they hated the, even the mention of this. But Jesus says, if someone tells you to carry their gear for a mile, carry it two. What is Jesus saying? He is saying the opposite of everything that our culture says right now. Right? We live in a culture that applauds and roots for revenge. It is, it is, so as I've been studying this, I am so much more aware of how immersed we are in it. Like, I was thinking on the way here, do you, the, the movie, um, the first um, Avengers where Loki is up in the tower with Hulk, and he's like, but I'm a god! And then Hulk grabs him and goes, poof, 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 poof. do you remember this? And then he says, puny god. <laughs> and we all go, yeah, it's hilarious. That's one of my favorite parts. It totally is. It, or we were recently watching um, Shawshank Redemption, such a good movie. I'm not endorsing this film. I just want to say that right now. There is a lot of poop in the brownies. If you don't know what that means, ask Lauren Pippen later. There is a lot of poop in the brownies. I'm not endorsing it. However, Shawshank Redemption, we were watching it recently. And it gets, it gets to one specific part, and you, you are just rooting for Andy Dufresne and the warden, man, he needs to die. And Ken actually said this. He's watching it because it had been years since we'd seen it. And he goes, this guy needs to die. <laughs> and again, because this is like consuming my thoughts, I looked at him and I said, what about turn the other cheek? And it was kind of like a, oh my gosh. Now, was, did justice need to be served? Yes. It should not have been done by Andy Dufresne's hands, and it wasn't. Watch the movie. Whatever. No, I don't say that. I'm not saying we watch the movie. <laughs> but it's in our books. Applauding. We root for revenge. Everything needs to be fair and even. It's in our music, guys. Cause I dug my key into the sock. Sing. His pretty little souped up four wheel drive. I carved my name into his leather seats. Do you not know this song? 
I took a Louisville slugger, a bold headlight, <laughs> slashed a hole in all four tires. Maybe next time he thinks before he cheats. We applaud revenge. We are like immersed in it. It is our society, and I, hello, my name is Carrie DeChant, and I have realized that I am on the struggle bus when it comes to this, too. Recently, we, we were somewhere, can I tell you, I am a rule follower, like, to the point that it bothers him. I follow the rules. Do not tell me to not follow the rules. I don't understand them. I don't agree with them, but doggone it, we follow them. We were somewhere recently where I did not follow the rules because they weren't posted. They didn't post the rules, so I broke them. And then the owner came and yelled at us. And I am mortified. Like, I felt terrible. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. And here I'm smiling and I'm apologizing. Thank you for letting us know. And I'm being sweet because I'm in the wrong. And she was still rude. <laughs> and that's when that ire started. Wait, this is not fair. You were in the wrong here because you didn't post your dumb rule. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? What would have Jesus done? Post the dumb rule. No. You, you turn the other cheek. We don't seek revenge. We don't applaud it when the bad guy gets it, even though the bad guy gets it, needs to get it sometimes. Side note, back to the uh, physical abuse. Jesus says, but I say, do not resist an evil person. Who is the evil person? The abuser. The insulter, both physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally. If you are in here, I'm hoping you're not, but doggone it, listen to me if you are. If you are doing any of these things, it is, comes from the mouth of Jesus that says, you are evil. That is evil. And I pity you on the day of judgment. I'm just saying. Retribution is the Lord's. Revenge is the Lord's. Okay. Let's continue. So this has been, dude, like, so Jesus wants us to do the exact opposite of what our society is saying. He does this like every, it's probably going to keep happening as we go through the Sermon on the Mount. We're probably all going to be like, what? But here we go. So the question that I just kept coming up against this is how are we supposed to do this? You, you tell us that we're supposed to do this, but doggone it, How? And kind of, why? Why can't we seek revenge ourselves? Why can't there? We're clearly in the wrong. Well, as we read on, at least for me, the Holy Spirit answered both of those questions through Jesus' next words. So let's go on, starting at verse 43. So he says, give to those who ask, don't turn from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says... Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. Man, I'm so grateful for that because sometimes there I know I'm being evil, but he still gives me sunlight. Um, both evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Listen, if you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. This is Jesus. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. No pressure. Okay, as I was reading this, and still, how, 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 the Holy Spirit answered me. It's right there, Carrie. How do we do this? We pray for them, and we love them. <coughs> yeah, but, nope, here we go. Let's go to pray first. Pray for those for, who persecute you. Romans 12, 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Protection, blessing, favor. So there was a season of my life, um, it, and it was a season. It was months where one specific person, I felt, I felt abused. Not physically, but I felt taken advantage of, um, definitely taken advantage of. And then on top of that, I felt constantly belittled and insulted. I didn't feel good enough. I felt stupid. It was awful. I was having panic attacks, like, all the time. It was, it was and it was a season. It wasn't like a one-time thing. It was a constant push, 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 push. Okay. When I felt stupid and insulted, I, I just want to speak to that for a moment. If you are being insulted and belittled and you feel that way, do not take revenge, but I challenge you what helped me was to speak the truth. I went to Ephesians 3. In Christ, I am loved, chosen, accepted, lavished with all wisdom, soaked in grace. You, you know what I'm saying? This, I spoke the truth. That's how I combated the insult and didn't take revenge. But then I found... The best thing that changed my heart was to begin to pray. I didn't pray, God, get her. <laughs> I started to pray specifics, and that's what I'm telling you to do. Pray specifics for your enemy. God, would you bless, we're going to call them Bubba. God, would you bless Bubba? Oh, may you equip him to be all that he needs to be. Give him favor in his workplace. Give him wisdom as he deals with the people around him. Oh, make his marriage anointed and unified. May it be lavished with love. I'm telling you, I kept praying specifics. And it was super easy. No, it was hard. 
But I kept doing it because I kept feeling anger, and every time it rose up, I begin to pray. It was a constant combat. And I'm telling you, it began to change my heart. Now, do I still struggle with that? Mm, yeah, I do, because I'm a human being. But it changed my heart. Jesus told us to pray for our enemies because he knew there was healing in it. Pray for your enemies. Pray specifics. Pray that God would bless them. In that way, you are acting like the children, your children of your Father in heaven. Number two, and he actually says it first because it's most important, love your enemies. So how are we supposed to not take revenge? We love our enemies. What is love? Listen to me. Love is not a feeling at least not for Carrie to chant. There, Ken and I have been married for 23 years now, and there was a period of time, and there still are every now and then, because again, I'm a human being, where I did not love my husband. I actually told him this. We lived in Pittsburgh, and I remember crying. I like you, but I just don't love you anymore. I don't feel anything for you. Ken was so good. He grabbed my hand. He said, this is why we wear these. Love's not necessarily a feeling. Love is action. In 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 1, it tells us what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does de not demand its own way. How many of you demand your own way? Right? Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. Love is action. Love your enemies. Be kind. And I'm telling you, it does something in you. And when you start to act, the feelings follow. Love is action. And this is, I'm, I don't want to make light of this. I feel like, I know I say this each time I preach, my life is cupcakes and unicorns. I, I, I get it. So I feel like my pain and struggles are insignificant to compared to some of you might be facing. Think about, I think about like the Holocaust or slavery in our own country. Or racism. Jesus knew what these disciples were going to face. Every single one of them, except John and Judas, who hung himself, but every single one of them, except John, faced major persecution, torture, and then finally death. Painful, excruciating, insulting, tormenting death. Jesus knew that, and yet he told them, love your enemies. 
That's a sacrifice. That was a sacrifice for Jesus to love his enemies. I mean, he was insulted and ridiculed and made fun of, beaten, hurt. What is a sacrifice that doesn't cost us anything? It's not a sacrifice. To love our enemies is a sacrifice that we can bring at the feet of Jesus. When I get to heaven, worshiping him is not going to be a sacrifice. It's just going to be joy. You know? Here on earth, loving my enemies is a sacrifice that I can bring to the feet of Jesus. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not explaining it well, but that's okay. It's a sacrifice, and it's going to cost us, and I freely give it to him. So this all boils down to how we love our enemies, but how do we do that if it's not a feeling? Well, the awesome thing is in Romans 5, it says this, He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Let me say that again. He, God, has given you the Holy Spirit to fill your heart with His love. Galatians says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. What's that first one? The fruit of the Spirit is... <coughs> it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit in me that I am able to give them love. It is not the fruit of carried a chant. Carried a chant has ugly fruit, let me tell you. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That's how. So that's why when Ken's like, daily I'm saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me. I'm, come on. I got nothing without you, right? Okay. I want to go back to what Ken said a while ago about the salt and the light. Those two words, proximity. Because here's the thing, guys. You and I are in the world. Which means we are surrounded by hurtful people. Hello, my name is Carrie DeChant, and I have hurt people. I may have hurt you. I don't know. I'm so sorry. It wasn't done on purpose. I follow the rules. <laughs> but we are surrounded by hurtful people. Even those who love us hurt us. How much more will our enemies hurt us? <coughs> Proximity. But what was the other word? Potency. How much do we reflect our Father? How flavorful are we? The more like Jesus we are? Oh, come on. So this is the why. The how was love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But why does he want us to do this? These are Jesus' words. They're in red. John 13, 34, Jesus says, As I have loved you, what did he do? He laid down his life for us. 
As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, listen, here's the good stuff. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, I'm telling you, we are going to stand out. While the world is applauding revenge, if we don't take revenge, but we love, we give grace. Why do we do this? So we can bring glory to him and our reflection of him. You smelling what I'm stepping in? So I think on the back of your notes is Romans 5, 3 through 8. I want to read this, and then, and then I'll be done. Is it on the back of their notes? Oh, okay. Well, fine. Is, maybe is it on the screen? No. Well, get out your Bibles. It's Romans 5, 3 through 8. I will read it for you. You're welcome. Here we go. We, this is Paul. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Pause. During that season, and since then, the, the, John, or excuse me, James says almost the same thing in James 1, I think it's verse 3. Dear brothers and sisters, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance. I am not taking joy that I am facing trial, but I am taking joy because my edges are being softened and my spiritual muscles are being strengthened. The testing of your faith develops perseverance and you become more like Jesus. We can take joy. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. And this hope, I love this, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us, this is that scripture, he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we, when you, when I, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. We were his enemies. I was his enemy, and yet he said, don't, I'll do it. Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might, no, excuse me. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but... (laughs) God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us even while we were still sinners. We have the example of Jesus who already loved his enemies and prayed for his persecutors. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. It cost him something. Imagine what it cost our precious Savior. Oh, my goodness. 
Why would it not cost me something? It, it is our privilege that it costs us something. All right, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine, maybe, maybe you don't have a, like an enemy, and that's great. But maybe you just have somebody who's constantly picking, you know, that poker. With your eyes closed, I want you to picture that person right now. That enemy who has harmed you. And man, <sighs> revenge is the Lord's. You have them in, their, in your mind. Now I want you to imagine yourself hugging them. And embracing them. Being the arms of Jesus. God loves you. Even while you're hurting me, God loves you and I love you too. Now you don't have to do it out loud, but I want to take one minute. And as you have this face in your mind, I want you to begin to pray for them specifically right now. Pray God would bless them. Pour out his favor. Protect them from harm. May they find joy. While you keep keep your eyes closed, I want to pray. Father, this is so hard. This is so, so hard. And you've commanded us to do it. You didn't give us an option. But Father, we say yes. I pray for each, each heart in this room that has been hurt. Would you heal those hurts? I just see it, Father, that you would come and be that surgeon and stitch it back up together and put that, that aloe and that lotion and heal that wound in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you fill us with your love? We cannot do this without you. Fill us and begin to put in us a clean heart, a softened heart, that we can love and pray and be more and more like you. That's the goal to be like you for your glory, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And I'm done.
we were having a conversation and, and Carrie was like, you can cover this at the end. So to save some emails or text messages, we are so privileged living in the United States of America that we have a justice system. We have county prosecutors and others in the legal realm. If, if there is illegal activity happening, as a follower of Jesus, we're not just called to ignore that. Because when we ignore that, other people get hurt as well. Other people get violated as well. And so if there's something illegal going on, abuse, this does not mean that we don't report that because we're good, loving Christians don't report those things. Yes, we do out of love, out of wanting to make sure that other people don't get hurt and abused. We do report those things, right? Just so we're clear. But we don't have to be the ones who mete out the justice. We are not the ones who bring revenge. We can, we can report it, let the legal profession do their thing, and then we can pray. Lord, change them, heal them, bless them, change my heart toward them, and leaders and others do what they need to do, right? Does that make sense? I think sometimes people who are abusers use, they, they love to memorize this stuff. The ones who are evil, they will memorize the stuff and they will use it. And as they're slapping someone, they'll say, well, the Bible says you have to turn the other cheek. You're evil. <laughs> and you've just done something illegal. So <laughs> we're going to let officials know that. And I'm going to love you from a distance. I don't have to love you up close. I don't have to pray for you up close. I can, there can be some distance between me and you. Does that make sense? Now I probably just opened another can of worms, so there'll be even more. More text messages and emails, but just want to make sure we're clear. Listen, thinking like Jesus is different. And so sometimes we hear this stuff, and it's disorienting, and it's meant to be disorienting because it's, we're thinking in a different way. Thinking like Jesus causes us to react differently than how the world reacts. We, we do stuff that the world doesn't do. And we don't do things that the world does do, right? Because we're thinking like Jesus. So would you stand to your feet? Before we dismiss you, if you have your connection cards, make sure we have some good-looking people that are going to be in the back. Make sure you stick those cards in the white buckets that they're holding. And we'll love that you do that. And want to invite you to come back next week. We're going to continue in this series. But this week, may you love your enemies. May you pray for those who persecute you. If this is especially a raw issue, may you go back to this passage in Matthew chapter 5 and may you just continue to read it and meditate on it and allow the words of Jesus to transform you. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.